0: Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. Uh, We are continuing our celebration of pride uh, with our first episode this week discussing the television show The L Word. Um, and I have with me Sarah Alder, and she'll be on this one and then the next one as well. She's going to be on pretty much almost every episode this month, um, mm-hmm. so which is really exciting. So I'm excited for that. But before we get into that, um, I want to, again, take a moment to talk again about Black Lives Matter, um, because as important it is as it is to discuss Pride, it's also important to discuss this right now, too. Um, and I wanted to just make a quick announcement that we are working on some fundraising um, events, some fundraising avenues coming up. We are going to be starting a Patreon account soon and with that Patreon account what we are probably going to do is have um, all, all donations that are made um, through Patreon will be at least through September 1st Uh, going to um, charities so going to anything that helps Black Lives Matter in any sort of way Um, I'm going to try and find places that are not getting as much funding Um, I also definitely for Pride want to focus a lot on Black Trans Lives Matter I want to focus on that a lot um, because that's kind of getting I think pushed aside somewhat or at least that's what I've heard so I want to focus on that uh, focus on um a a lot more of of, of other charities that might not be getting the same attention that others are getting. Um, So look for an announcement about that on all our social media. Um, I'm sure I'll be mentioning it again on the podcast. Um, So that's that's a big thing. And once again, I'm going to say it again, sign all the petitions you can, donate even before we start these things, just donate where you can. Um, If you can't donate, share those. Um, And once again, as I will do every week, I'm calling on my fellow white people to take a lot of action. It's on us to do a lot more than we are currently doing. Um, Call out all those microaggressions. Call out racism. When you see it, speak up. It's not a time to be polite. We have to say something. We have to keep fighting. Um, And we can't leave it on others to do all the work. We can't leave it on black people to do all the work. We have to do the work, too. So... So Black Lives Matter. Okay, let's get into the L word. And I have, uh, well, actually, first I'll have Sarah introduce herself and tell me one thing she's excited about today. Sorry, I am not quite awake today. Um, (laughs) Hi, Sarah, if you want to introduce yourself and tell me one thing you're into right now.
1: Yes, uh, my name is Sarah Alder. I live in Aurora, Colorado, and one thing I'm into right now, as much free time as possible, I'm learning all watching a lot of shows in preparation for my other podcast that I'll be doing, <laughs> so watching Pose and still working on vikings um let's see what else am I watching um God, it, it varies back and forth i i do i do remember when uh pandemic first started, I actually decided to start watching Cheers from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I may be in season 2 but it's such a fun show so it was, it was super it's super lighthearted and it definitely reminds me of a uh, better time when I was younger and watching that show with my parents especially my dad so that's uh good memories right there um but other than that I'm not really doing a whole lot um I'm trying to entertain a 12 year old during a pandemic where she can't socialize with many people or go to any camp so it's uh, quite the experience
0: yeah yeah i've I've heard that cheers was is pretty popular right now that a lot of people are watching cheers same with uh golden girls so those two have been really popular with people (laughs) revisiting those shows that would just
1: mean murder she wrote and we're good (laughs) i used to watch that with my grandma so it's definitely one of those rites of passage kind of shows
0: yeah yeah my mom loved so that was her show. I just remember every Sunday night she'd be watching that one. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep.
1: Childhood. Super fun.
0: And, yeah. this, and this is Erin. And what I'm into right now is I think HBO Max is really good. That's the new streaming service from HBO. It kind of combines HBO series with other things like they have um Fresh Prince of Prince of Bel Air, they have Um, Right now they have all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies on there, so that to me is very exciting since I'm such a fan of that series. And they just have a lot of great film on there. They have a lot of great classic film on there, um, a lot of great offerings. So I highly recommend that, um, that you check that out. I've heard some people don't like the design of it, but I think it's cool. I like it. So, yes, so that's what I'm into right now is definitely HBO Max. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get into the L word, and um, my big confession is that I did not do my homework, <laughs> and I did not watch the whole series again. I have seen parts of it. I, I will be honest, I haven't watched the whole series, um, but when I was re-watching the pilot, because I kind of skipped around, um, I went, oh, yeah, I remember this show I remember this happening not happening so I will say that uh, a lot of this is going to be on you Sarah so I apologize yeah, I do no. have the media up and I do have certain things that, that I can add and um, but but yeah it'll be it'll be an interesting an
1: interesting yeah. conversation
0: so um, what before we get into favorite episodes um, when did you start watching the L word
1: um I I think it was god it was when it came out when did it come out <laughs> um 2004 2004 so oh, I'm trying to geographically place myself <laughs> where I was I think I started watching it in like 2006 so it was a uh, probably about to see when season three came out I was super excited I was like oh my god i never heard of the show or I'd heard of it or and I didn't have access to it because it was on cable and I didn't have cable or whatnot. So it was, when it came out on DVD, I was like, yes, I'm buying the first season I Burned burn through the first season. Mm-hmm. And then it was, this is also when you went to the video store to get videos and, <laughs> and DVDs and stuff like that. So back when Hollywood video existed <clears throat> way before Netflix, um, yeah, way before Netflix and before, um, red box we i would go in there and get like one dvd at a time or as many as i possibly could because i had like the uh, hollywood package deal where it was like 25 bucks a month you get unlimited dvds for the month so that was fun to utilize and leverage so yeah it was probably about 2006 that i started watching it and it was such an eye-opening experience um Because during that time, I was still in the Army and serving under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And when I got out of the Army in 2008, because I didn't want to get kicked out for Don't Ask, Don't Tell, that was really an opportunity for me to uh, dive into who I wanted to be as a lesbian and uh, just kind of explore what that looked like and what kind of shoes fit and and identities matched and uh, the L word kind of was a, a guide in giving some sense of identity to different ways to represent myself in the queer community. So I really enjoyed that, but it wasn't until uh, 2011 when don't ask, don't tell was repealed. And I was able to really step into my uh, power or being as a lesbian, that's when it really got a little bit scary because it was really just one of those timeframes where there wasn't a whole lot of um, identity leadership, I guess you can say. So we have these icons such as Ellen DeGeneres and uh, of course, Rosie O'Donnell came out and a couple of other people came out, but we didn't have real relationship identities that were portrayed in a good way or uh, a variety of ways and in intricacies of relationships and so the l word kind of became i think a beacon and an icon for uh, basically a guide to be a lesbian <laughs> in that time frame similar to how queer folk was for the gay male community this is the same thing for the lesbian community they kind of mirrored each other in that dynamic and so i think the l word actually did a better job of portraying various uh sexual dynamics and relationship dynamics than queers folk did but um i think they were coming from very different perspectives of course so i think that um definitely needs to be mentioned but yeah.
0: Yeah. And what are um and what are some of your favorite episodes, seasons or or do you have some?
1: Um, well, it's been a while since I've seen a lot of these, but I I remember when um oh, what's her name? She's a Latina chick that comes on and she's kind of like Shane's rival and she they do not like it. They call her Poppy. Um, ha! Huh.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll
1: yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like season three or four where she comes into play, and it's just like this turf war between Poppy and Shane, and who, who's who slept with the most girls, and who's who's like the bigger uh, stud in the lesbian community, and so it's um, I definitely like 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 that dynamic that came in. Mm-hmm. Um, God, there's so many good ep- good episodes. I think one of my one of the most impactful um, characters that came into play during the series was Marley Matlin. Um, she is not not gay. She's 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 hetero um, heterosexual, and but she's also deaf. So it really brought the intricacies of how people can be in various minority communities, whether it be LGBT community or the disability community and how they can overlap. And so that's one thing I'm probably getting ahead of myself on on this, but um, I really like how they bring in a lot of diverse characters with different backgrounds than just here's your stereotypical lesbian in training or lesbian, portrayal or how, however yeah. they want to identify so I like the diversity within the diversity that's portrayed
0: yeah I know that was and, and it's very important that they had someone that is actually okay. deaf in real life playing that character I think that's very important because oftentimes um, you'll see people who are portrayed in, in film or in, in television or any kind of media, um, if the person has a disability, usually Mm -hmm. it's a person that is, does not have a disability is portraying them. And I know that could be problematic because you have so many people with disabilities who are in, who are actors who just want that opportunity. So it's, so it's, it's good that they cast someone that did, that does have a, that, that is deaf.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then also the, um, Utilization of somebody who actually is transgender for the transgender roles in this show too that's not very common it's now become more commonplace, but it's there's so many uh transgender actors and actresses out there that are starting to emerge in more mainstream media, which I think is very profound mm-hmm. and so I think um, Eileen in her. Her vision of what the show was going to be, I think she was really trying to be as inclusive as possible. And that's, again, another one of the dynamics about the queer community is how incredibly diverse it can be and how different minority overlaps can take place.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's good, too, that they did that. And I actually, I will be honest, i, I wasn't aware of that. So that's, that's good. I was wondering that, but that's, that's good that they did that as well. So, yeah. Um, so let's get into talking to some of the, uh, talking about some of the characters. Uh, we'll start with Bet. What are your thoughts on Bet?
1: Oh, Bet Porter. Oh my God. Okay. She is <laughs> like, <laughs> she is like the epitome of a power lesbian. You always want, I always wanted to be. And like, she was like, The rock star of that show, like, for quite some time, she really couldn't do any wrong. She was mentally and emotionally stable. She was honest. She was direct. She was successful. She was so many things that you don't really see lesbians being portrayed as. You you typically see them as the butch lesbians that are going to come over and grill and mow your lawn and fix your car. She was none of those things. And... The um, the professionalism that she brings and the background that she has in her art um, art curator background and and her success really made it more visible and um, kind of gave P- uh, lesbian women permission to be successful and not be a stereotype. So that's what I love about her character. She is and. Um, uh, who is it that plays her? Jennifer Beals. Jennifer she's a Beals. phenomenal actress. And that is also another amazing representation of the racial dynamics that they bring to the show of having somebody who is uh, multiracial. So she's half black, half white. So it's it really brings some some additional depth to the character and her background and where she is coming from and kind of stepping into an additional privilege she might have for her whiteness. And I think this really ties into a lot of the black lives matter. So I'm I'm excited that we're going to be having some conversations about racial dynamics for this show.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I was rewatching the pilot and I know her and um, her partner, Tina, did, did they get married? I'm sorry. If they, did they get married? Did they, actually they,
1: get married? they did get married and they okay. did end up having a child together. But of course that, um, their relationship dynamic evolved and things happened where bet was unfaithful and tina was unfaithful and so it was just this weird dynamic of you have the one partner that wants to be the professional dual income no kids a dink as we call them (laughs) and then you have (laughs) tina who wants to have the white picket fence and the formal marriage and and kids and 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 home life soccer mom dynamic and that of course evolves for her too but that's more of um, survival necessity because of their uh, relationship um, separation Mm -hmm. but it it, again that shows that the accessibility of visions and dreams that you can have as a lesbian in the world you can have one or the other or both
0: Yeah, and and she is a really, I want to go back to the the acting with Jennifer Beals, because I know she kind of disappeared, I would say, for a while off of Mm -hmm. the radar. Um, I mean, she, of course, is best known for um, Flashdance, which I think is what people really remember her from as Flashdance. So it was great to see her in something again, Um, especially because, you know, unfortunately in Hollywood, when women get to be above 30 years old basically (laughs) they're considered you know out of out of retired yes they're considered retired especially after 35 but even at 30 it happens so being able to see a woman and i'm looking at her age right now so she would have been she would have been in her 40s when she did that when she did the l word so that's pretty incredible to be able to have that and to be able to have a woman who is i think she's considered kind of the lead character in the show um correct
1: right i mean she's i mean she is he, sort of uh, right or kind she, of kind of. so yeah it really kind of goes back and forth between jennifer beale's um character um let's see alice alice is a big one tina yeah. and mm-hmm. jenny and of course shane mm-hmm. um yeah. So you have all these main characters, and they and, and they kind of evolve throughout the series. But um, yeah. it it really depends on who's being the most dramatic in that time. <laughs> so there's other <laughs> there's other really good characters that come up, and like they evolve throughout the whole series. Like one in particular is um, I want to pull up her name. Uh, not Jenny Schecter, um, Jenny, I can say, Helena Peabody, Helena Peabody. I, I, I'm going to throw her name in there because she is a really interesting evolution of a character. She goes from being this rich, super rich, super snobby, um, cisgender, uh, straight woman and gets, um, um, what is it, uh, serenaded or swept off her feet by another woman. And it just completely rocks her world and ends up losing her family money and has to learn how to be a new lesbian in LA and around these new people and friends. And it really opens up her eyes to a totally different world than what she was living in. So I love that evolution. Um, Another really good character is Dana Fairbanks. Um, I don't know if that's on your list. No, she's not. But oh, she you know, yeah, is Yeah, I had the ones a... that were
0: mainly on the alfs, except for, I forgot, Kit on here. But I tried to keep the people that were on the... Yeah, but I need to add Kit because we have to talk about her too. But yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely wanted. I would talk about some of the some of these other characters. Mm -hmm. They were main characters in the first couple seasons for various reasons. Yeah, and I I want to make sure that we call them out because they have some very profound stories about their history and what they bring to the table and what their experience was. Now, Dana, she was um, a pro tennis player. And she was extremely closeted. And I think that also speaks to the sports dynamics of different teams and players where you cannot be out and a, and a professional sports player, which has evolved now, which I'm grateful for. But during that time period, I can't imagine going through that experience of I'm really amazing at this one thing and it is my career and my passion, but I have to withhold who I am in order to maintain um, my professional athleticism um so she brings that really interesting dynamic to to the play so she tries to um maintain a sense of who she is but there's also that dynamic which i can relate to where when you're in public you are this particular image so you for me it was putting on my uniform i'd be this particular person when i'm uniform but when i go home there's there's sarah and I can be the real me and be the real me around my friends. So that was that was a lot of her story. But she also, um, had, this is kind of a uh, spoiler, but she ends up dying from cancer. And so she never really gets to truly live her truth before she dies. And that's really unfortunate because a lot of people do that throughout their whole life. They deny who they are to accommodate and make other people feel comfortable. And then and I understand that there's a lot of, there could be potential loss or uh, discreditation or um, ostracization from family or friends or society that can take place depending on where you are on the queer spectrum. And <clears throat> so I, I see that in my personal life. I see that in my professional life. I see this in media and it's, it's unfortunate that it's a sad truth. Um, but yeah, those are some characters I wanted to make sure that I brought up.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I know, um, in the pilot watching her, that, that, that seemed to be, that was a big thing with her being, um, in the closet still with, with professional, just of that fear of losing everything. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about um, Alice some, because I know she's one of the other main characters. And uh, what's interesting, and what I think a lot of shows avoided, and I don't know if this ever changed with her through the seasons, but a a lot of shows around this time, they didn't really have a lot of bi characters on there, a lot of bisexual characters on. And Alice is bisexual. um, And so I thought that was really good that they had that representation on there. Um, yeah, because too often, I think you see where it's like, no, 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 you're not, that's that's not real, you're not really bi, that's not a true thing, that's not a real orientation. And you and you see that a lot in shows that were around in that time, but they either wouldn't have the characters or they'd handle it very poorly, or they would make it so that you know everybody'd be like, no, no, you're not bi, and then they would end up not being bi. So, right. uh, what, what are your thoughts on Alice and how they handled that and handled her character?
1: I I love her character so the one thing I love about her is she is so unapologetic about who she is and she has no problem saying and putting people in place no matter what and I think she um on the show she actually has a blog (laughs) on the show (laughs) so it's just interesting how she sees things uh from a micro and a macro aspect and how things overlap and um one of the things that she comes up with what is her chart and it's focused around Shane being a um, sexually um, open and just sleeping with anybody and it's I think what she brings to the plate to the to the plate with that dynamic is that she shows a lot of the overlapping incestuous dynamics of the lesbian community, which is one of the drawbacks to to being in the gay community, but it is, um, an interesting dynamic. So she, she brings that perspective, but her, her character as being bisexual, I think the way that they portrayed her was honest and genuine and, um, and in real life, she is bisexual. So I think it was really easy for her to play that character and portray that in a way that is accessible and um, not discriminated against. So she, and, and I think that has a lot to do with her dynamic as a person and a character where she basically won't put up with any shit about who she is. She's unapologetic. Um, I think the only person that I remember her having issues with was her mom. Um, so overall, her character, I think, was portrayed amazingly as bisexual. And even, even though she would get some flack from friends and giving her shit about things, it was all jest, and it wasn't really a, a knock on the bisexual community. It was giving her individually crap about just where she was at in that moment, not necessarily about the community as a whole. So I like that um Eileen Shaken took that character and actually honored where she was at and portrayed her in really profound ways. And and she She also was able to bring the complexities of navigating different relationships in ways that aren't necessarily um, socially acceptable. So you have this dynamic of the bisexual community that oftentimes is ostracized by the, the heterosexual community, and then you have them also ostracized by the LGBT community. So they dropped the B, and so that's one of the the, the horrible dynamics about the LGBT community was we tend to stick to our own letter and not be inclusive of the other letters in our community, which is very um, divisive, and so it creates these um, sub-minority groups to minority groups, which is a disadvantage to us as a people, as a whole. So I, I like how they portrayed... Alice and she ended up getting a talk show and like so many different things. So she's, she's unapologetically human and diverse and um, very fluid, I guess you can say. And I think that speaks to her advantage, even though it sometimes it may come across as her being lonely, but I think she would actually be more, more lonely being in a relationship with somebody where she couldn't be herself versus being true to herself and being single. And I, so bringing that dynamic of it's okay to be single and not be in a relationship and still be who you are.
0: Like I said, I did not watched every single episode and I didn't do mm-hmm. my homework in rewatching, but with the episodes right. I did see, I remember her being probably my favorite character in the show Mm-hmm. Um and it could be also the actress, and I just I found her um to be the most relatable because at times the show to me was so LA, which mm-hmm. can be good and bad, but it was so right. LA that sometimes it'd be hard to find a way in. Um, I think for some people. I don't know, but if, if that makes sense. But it was just so centered in that world and um uh, mm-hmm. but I just I really, really liked her character. I always did from from the beginning so yeah she was and the, I thought the actress did a really really good job um I want to credit her here uh Leisha you already said did you say you said her name Leisha Haley am I pronouncing that right uh,
1: um yeah Leisha Haley yeah. yeah
0: um yeah so she was she was really good and it's nice to, and I like it when you know I mean that's another rare thing is that a lot of times, you also um, have straight actors that are playing, you know, the LGBTQ character. You'll have that as well. So I always think it's nice when you have the representation of somebody in the community playing somebody in the community as well. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's so that's that's good to hear. And I don't know how many of the actors were in the community, but that is. Um, Good to hear that. Um,
1: There's there's a few, not a not a whole lot, which is interesting, but they they capture um, a lot of the diverse portions of the LGBT community, so the transgender community as well as um, the deaf community and uh, multiracial community. They're they're kind of spanning the whole spectrum of different ways that they're in in, um, bringing specific actors and actresses to the table, but um, a few of them are LGBT. Some of them are not. So it really um, is different for each season, but I think they're pretty good at bringing some interesting characters to, to the table. Yeah.
0: Um, and then let's talk about Tina. What
1: are your thoughts on huh. Tina? Tina, I think she. I think if I remember correctly, she was in a straight relationship, and then she ends up being in a straight relationship after Bet. So this is one of those. <laughs> this is one of these are one of those um, characters where you see them as the semester lesbian. They're in it for this one particular person until a certain time frame passes, and then they're like, nope, I'm no longer lesbian, and here's why. Um they ruined it for me or whatever. And um I feel like that that does happen a lot in the LGBT community. And I definitely have been with some some semester lesbians, but I think that exploration is important for our culture and for humanity as a whole. So I can't really be super condemning of Tina, but I do think that um, it's not honoring uh, who she is as a person. And I think her character just got tired of being in that community, but had a really hard time leaving the community. Um, she was still friends with a lot of people after she and bet broke up, but um it was just <sighs> her ki- <laughs> yeah, Tina is one of those people that you wish would stay on the lesbian side, but then they go back to being heterosexual because it's easier mm-hmm. and it's more convenient and there's less effort involved with being a um, cisgender heterosexual woman when you have a cisgender um, heterosexual man who is showing up to be your caretaker. So it relieves a lot of that pressure of having to show up in life. And I think that's what's um, the most disheartening about her character is that she gives up on what could be true happiness in in a specific community, and this is just my perception, but she gives up because it's easier to go back to what she knows.
0: Yeah, she struck me as um, very insecure a lot of the times.
1: And wishy-washy, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, and very uh, not, I don't know if this is the right, but not comfortable with her, not necessarily her body, but she was kind of had that, she kind of seemed to walk around like she didn't know her place in the world, not just, but physically as well. Like, I don't know yeah. there's, there's sometimes when you see people and you can tell they're just uncomfortable in general. Mm-hmm. And that's the way she kind of struck me. And I don't know if that's a fair assessment, but it, it kind of seems like it goes along with what you're saying, but it, she seemed very out of place. in a lot of times, like she didn't mm-hmm. know, like, she kind of could even trip over her own feet so to speak like she didn't right. know how you know, to yeah i don't know that's kind of how she always struck me
1: yeah she she was more comfortable being at home and with her tight knit lesbian group of communities especially when they went to the i think it was the mercury cafe or um, the planet the, name of the, the planet. planet yeah the planet yeah i want to go I, I love places like that um but that's the only places where she was really comfortable truly being herself. And so I think that's a good representation of not honoring who you are and giving up because it's easy. Um, so yeah, she was only comfortable at home hosting parties with her, her friends in a very particular way. And that was it. She was kind of the stay at home mom and where she didn't have to be visible and have to be out in the world. She was only out really in Her community and with her close friends and I feel like that was what's really common in in the gay community but it's it's I'm I'm all for being truly 100% yourself it's taken me a long time to be able to get to that point But, but suffering by yourself is more harmful than actually being out and being genuinely who you are And so I don't really particularly care for her character because of that dynamic
0: yeah I I can see that and then I think that this character at least that I remember was the one that a lot of people didn't like Jenny
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jenny Schechter.
0: yeah what are your thoughts
1: on Jenny (laughs) you know when she first came on the show she was like this um, in this curiosity, exploration type of uh, dynamic. And she's was trying to navigate, like, wanting to be with her boyfriend, which was super sweet. And she moved out there to be with him. And then she just destroys his whole life. Um, and completely dishonors him as a person. But uh, she, her character kind of reminds me of just enough of Queer as Folk. Where... Uh she's she just comes in she's this naive uh lesbian wannabe and then she learns how to leverage that to get what she wants it becomes a manipulative tool to get what she wants uh, out of people and situations which has a lot to do with her book and um I know that the, the, the series ends with her being killed, but I don't, yeah. still don't know who, who killed her because I haven't watched the new series that they launched. But you really learn to hate that character. And, be, and, and I think that really, uh, her character brings out the darker side of how people might um, perceive the LGBT community as being mentally unstable and manipulative and hurtful. And they portray her character really well, if that's what they're trying to accomplish. And so I, I don't like her character because she paints a horrible image of the LGBT community. Um, it's it, it's like, it's the whole APA version of dysfunction and um borderline personality disorder added in with a couple of other disorders. And then, of course, how being homosexual was a mental disorder. Um, And it wasn't until the 90s that that got taken out. So, (coughs) excuse me, I think that was her character really portrayed a dark image of how we're perceived. But it was also, I think, important to show that dynamic because it showed the evolution of how people can exist outside of that stereotype. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that does. That does. Yeah. Cause I know she was a very, 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 very hated character. That's all I remember is that, you know, I remember <laughs> people talking about it all the time and how much they despised that character. And, you know, I know that, you know, <clears throat> From I just, before we started recording this, I watched the series finale, and, you know, the way she manipulates a lot of people, um, and the way she hid stuff from, like, Shane, uh, because they were in a relationship, and, Mm -hmm. you know, her hiding, you know, a love letter that she received from another woman, and... You know, all, all this other things that she was hiding and, and, you know, kind of seemed like she was trying to pit people against each other. And she seemed to me uh, like a very, like she didn't have, the only way she could find value in herself was by using and manipulating others to her will. Right. Like if she could make people more on her side than on other sides and pitting people against each other. And that's yeah. not a good a good thing to do and that's not healthy. Healthy at so, all. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you could see that in the pilot. You could see that she was going to be that way. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I think they tried to paint her as, as not that way in the pilot. But I could kind of see that with her whole um, interactions with Marina um, in the pilot episode. I don't know. There was kind of this weird manipulation there, um, mm-hmm. you know, even even at that point. So, yeah. Like, she kind of played on this innocent thing that she had going.
1: Yeah, this like this doe-eyed. doe-eyed hometown girl from Iowa or Ohio or whatever. It was, yeah. Yeah, but she wasn't like that at
0: all. It was it was what she kind of used to get away with a lot of things. So, Yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah, Yeah. I, yeah, I would have been surprised if, if
1: you liked her. If I I liked her, no. I mean, I mean, like, she just comes on the show and you know she's trouble. She's not the semester lesbian that you you think she might be. And then you're, you know, she's not the straight girl, but she's not really lesbian. She's just an opportunist Mm -hmm. that's seeking to manipulate and use people to get to where she wants to go and she's unapologetic about it she has no sense of awareness about the repercussions of the damage that she creates by being um so flippant with other people and their lives and their emotions and especially with the people that actually open up to her and fall for her, like those are the ones most at risk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And didn't she, she stole like an idea from Alice too. Wasn't that correct? Oh,
1: she stole an idea from a couple people and that's what oh. uh, got her, her book or whatever moved into a movie or, or a series called Les Girls that was going basically a spinoff of that show to, to a, a, a fake show of their reality and it caused a lot of that was the biggest reason why she ended up dying is because she just completed completely destroyed people's lives and was unapologetic about it mm-hmm. and flippant with other people's existence I guess you could say
0: yeah yeah, she definitely, and she, like I said, from even just the pilot episode, she, I could sense that about her. Oh, uh, yeah, just... her, her her, interactions with her with, uh, with her boyfriend or fiance, were they engaged at the time? I'm sorry.
1: Uh, no, they weren't engaged yeah, okay. yet. And then he, I think he proposed to her yeah, later on in one of the seasons. And... That's
0: what I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: her, even her interactions with him were very manipulative. <clears throat> It was very interesting to watch because she did have that doe-eyed thing going, but you could tell that that wasn't the case. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay, let's get into Shane. What are your
1: thoughts on Shane? Oh, she's another one of my favorite characters. Um, Quite honestly, um, her character is who I based my drag uh, character off of. So Uh I did drag for quite some time. Uh-huh. so my my drag name was shane McMungeon. Oh. and so it's a play off of her name and a couple of uh-huh. other um, dynamics but just her um uh, laissez-faire attitude about sex and engaging with people she's kind of like the female version of brian
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: queerest folk yeah <laughs> so she's like this unattainable super hot lesbian that just does not give a shit and like she's the one you want to be but the one you want to be with and I think I said this about Brian too but you know you can never be that person because you actually most people enjoy connecting with other people but um, (laughs) shame gains her value by being sexually unattainable to people but also being so she's the, she's the stud and the pimp of the of the lesbian community there and like everybody knows her everybody's slept with her pretty much and that's why alice creates the chart you know who has shane slept with and where does <laughs> things overlap like this whole universe revolves around shane um but with shane even though she's unapologetic about her wanting to connect uh physically and sexually She's also the loneliest character in the show. And I think that has a lot to do with she uses sex as a way to connect instead of actually being open and honest about who she is. Because I think she's really fundamentally terrified of being rejected. And she's she has a hard time actually maintaining anything stable. Um, she has a hard time maintaining a specific job and locations. She's a hairstylist by trade and she's amazing at it, but she doesn't stay in one studio for very long. And she's never in really any, any relationships that are profound. I think she dated Jenny for a while, Um, Mm -hmm. but she's, I I think my, my perception of her is that if she stops moving and stops bouncing from person to person then she actually has to sit and get to know herself and that's really uncomfortable and i'm sure there's a lot of pain and suffering that she's had in her past that she's avoiding so she's constantly running away from that dynamic and just not wanting to uh, connect in a genuine way and which which is sad but it's also very dominant in the lgbt community because Um, we try to run from our past or we try to reconcile who we are now by continuing on a particular path instead of reconciling our past and um, engaging with ourselves in a very particular way. So it's, it's really interesting how um, she, everybody, everybody, always takes care of her in that show and always gives her a place to stay or things like that. So she's not necessarily a couch hopper. She's pretty self-sufficient. She knows how to get what she wants, but she doesn't hurt people outright like Jenny does to get yeah. what she wants. She She's aware of the power that she has, but she's also aware of the fact that she keeps very few people close to her. And the clo- one she's closest to is... Uh, Alice, mm-hmm. and so I think her character gives people permission to, again, like Alice, be unapologetic about who they are and what they want. And her character also gives us permission as lesbians to want to have sex. It's okay to have sex. It's it's okay to just be in it for for sex. It's fun. It's great. It's it's many different things so i think she breaks that barrier of sex being um it has to be hidden and it has to be like only with one person and um so not she's not monogamous by any means and she's okay with that and so i think that she, her her character brings the um permission of being sexually promiscuous as being okay and understanding that it also has repercussions and some people get obsessed with her. She has some yeah. quite a few stalkers that are like all about her and follow around right. and just continue to be in her life. She's had a couple of relationships in, in the show. So she has that ability to be open and vulnerable with somebody, but she gets scared easily. And um, I think that probably has a lot to do with her past and her the home family dynamic growing up. That it's 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 unsafe to be safe. Essentially. It's it's just one of those weird wiring things.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I was looking up some more she was engaged and was gonna marry Carmen. That's what it looks like, and then she abandoned her at the altar. What I'm showing for season two.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's right. That did happen. And like, I think the one time where she actually was able to show up and was the most stable was when she had to, um, she was taking care of this boy. I, I can't remember who it was. Like, um, kind of like how uh, Michael and his Ben on mm-hmm. the Queer's Folk were taking care of Hunter is that a yeah. 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 So it was the same thing. It just made her grow up a little bit more because she knew she was accountable to and for another human being that actually depended on her. And so we got to see just a little glimpse of what kind of an amazing mom and a partner and a person she could be in, in those instances. And then of course that got scary or, uh, I think, I think he got taken away from her, and so she just reverted back to her normal patterns of behavior as a coping mechanism.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was trying to see, I was trying to look up and see the name of... Um, Shay,
1: was Shay, Shay. Was the name of
0: the... Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah she was very much, you know... When it's when the show premiered, I remember thinking, "Okay, so this is the Brian character from Queer as Folk." Is, is Shane? Right. That, that's yeah. If, yeah. You instantly kind of think that. I think if, if you watched Queer as Folk, that would kind of is what right. you are thinking um, when you see her. And but it's also it's it's a character. You know that that kind of character, it is, is one that you see a lot in in shows. Um, you don't mm-hmm. see that kind of character usually being female though. That's the one thing I think is yeah. a lot of times that's, a, that's predominantly thought of as a male thing, which isn't entirely true, which is why I think it's nice to, it's good to have that kind of representation of a character like that, that is not male. Um, right. You know, um, and she, and she was, she's, I think she's an interesting character from, from what I remember and from seeing her in the episodes that I watched before this podcast. Um mm-hmm. And I think the actress, um, look up her name really quickly here, but um, Catherine, I'm not gonna pronounce her name wrong. Monique. Thank you. She, I think she's really good too. I think she, you can tell that she probably had a lot of fun playing that character. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, it would, I think that's a lot more fun to play a character like that who has a lot of different layers that are just underneath the surface and has that hard shell around them, but you see that vulnerability there. You know, like we mm-hmm. talked about with Brian, where you see that there, that she, you know, and when she becomes vulnerable and if she's hurt by being vulnerable, like you said with Shay, uh, then it's kind of like she goes, okay, well, the reason I had that stuff up was so that stuff doesn't happen, and I knew I was right to kind of keep this uh, shield up in a way. Um, and so I'm going to go back to doing that. You know, I think, I, th- mm. and, and I think like with Brian, I think a big reason some, some people do that is that fear of rejection. You know, right. I'm going to leave the person before the person leaves me. Exactly. So,
1: yeah. yeah. And I, um, uh... One of the things that I, like you said, about how the sexual portrayal of a female in the show, I think that really breaks the barrier for not only lesbian women, but women in general to Mm -hmm. give them permission to like sex. It's okay to like sex and be open about liking sex. And we're, we're so much in a very prudish Christian sexual society that it's it's uh, not okay to be sexual. It's not okay for us to like certain sexual things. And so I think this show takes women's sexuality to a whole new level to make it more accessible for yeah. women. And I think that's why I think a lot of women liked this show because it gave them that fun dynamic of... Um, what sex can be fun and that's not necessarily something that has to be systematic and one particular way it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be hidden
0: yeah yeah and they you know they said i was reading an article on it before we even did like our first episode and it was saying something about how the l word was actually a lot more popular than queer as folk and a lot of people think it was more popular because it's because people were more comfortable watching women together than they were watching men together sexually. Right. Um, and that right. it was, that this show was really popular uh, with straight women as well because of that, because of being able to watch women together, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's a lot more comfortable for them than watching men together, which I didn't even, I honestly didn't realize that because I thought as folk had this huge straight, straight following amongst women, straight uh-huh. women loved that show that's what I had always thought so I just I I thought that was interesting I mean it kind of makes sense on on one hand because there is um because it's women it's two women together and I think that well I'm not going to talk about necessarily straight men because they have their little little thing you know the 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 fetish that they may have but I think also I think for women you know um I think it can be a little bit easier to watch two women together if you are a woman instead of watching men and women together or two men together. I don't know if I'm wording this correctly, but I'm trying – I think it's not safer is not the word, but there might be a more tenderness to it. I don't know. That doesn't make sense either. But do you get what I'm kind
1: of saying? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I I think – I think one of the things that really makes this show, um, the sexual dynamic really impactful for women is because it's not directed by a man from a man's perspective Mm -hmm. of what lesbians are like in bed or how that dynamic works. Um, anybody's seen any kind of pornographic anything when two um, two women are together and it's directed by a man it's very much their fantasy of what they think it would look like eileen shaken brings to the table what it actually is and she portrays it in so many different ways between bet and tina and alice and tasha like that was another amazing relationship mm-hmm. And even Shane and Carmen and their, their stud rivalry with each other. And and like, just, it really gives, I think the show really gave women permission to be sexual in a way that they have never had access to. Um, we, we see things from the male porn perspective and that's all we have access to. So I think like you, like you said, it, it, the show does show some tenderness and connection and vulnerability that not, isn't always portrayed in sex scenes and shows or movies or even in porn, you know, it's, it's, so I think she really, Eileen really brings something to the table that created some sexual freedom for women. And that is a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because I know, you know, like you discussed with the Queers Folk episode and how unrealistic Mel and Lindsay's. Sex life was, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it and it is. I mean, because we see so much in media from the male gaze. So much is shot right. from the male gaze. So much is told from the male gaze. And mm-hmm. so it's true. That's that's you know it is that pornographic mm-hmm. fantasy that men have in their heads of two right. women together. Um, and so it is. It is good that they were able to show more of a realistic side, and that probably is why it was more approachable for for women, um, you mm-hmm. know, um, was being able to see that. Because, yeah, it's, it, we are uh, – it's so interesting in this world because women are not supposed to love sex, yet – porn is such a huge industry and so it's like men want them to be very you know want to see that but they don't want the women that they're going to be with for the life to be like that
1: they want their
0: that fantasy but they don't want that to be in a reality they don't want a woman to love sex but yet they like to watch things where a woman does love sex or appears to love sex usually they might not be treated that well in those films or in those portrayals. So it's, it's this weird dichotomy where, you know, women aren't supposed to explore their sexuality in the same way that men are encouraged to explore their sexuality. It's the same thing with, you know, like slut shaming, you know, goes Mm -hmm. on all the time uh, where a man gets a high five for that kind of stuff.
1: Right. Exactly. And, And that's the double standards we have for men and women regarding sex is, atrocious for one but two I think that really comes down to how we engage our our younger generations and how we educate them on what sexual dynamics can be like it doesn't have to be x y and z it doesn't have to be missionary style with a man and a woman and that's it you know there's that's why I call it sex exploration you know it's yeah. you're exploring your sexuality in so many different ways. It could be with another person uh, toys or it's so many different things or partners, and that I think really helps you identify what you enjoy, what you don't like, what works for you, how you can show up as a partner, how you can show up and take care of yourself like it's it's, it's having a healthy sexual attitude and perspective about sex is just as important as navigating a relationship with yourself or someone else. And it really comes through, comes out when you are um, exploring things with other people and being open instead of like, Nope, it's just this X, Y, and Z, insert A to B and then we're done. That's, it's, it's unfair to our evolution and our, human nature it 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 can give us access to something totally new and amazing and all too often that's stifled and i think that's why shane is such a really profound character so just tying that back to shane (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah definitely definitely yeah and and we are going to do a show in the future talking about um women's relationships with uh, pornography and also women's relationships with erotica and in and, and those different things because I think that I mean, that's a very adult topic, of course, to talk about, but I think right. it's an important one because we too often focus it on men, and right um, there, are, women do have a relationship to that as well. So, we're definitely gonna do a show on that sometime in the future. So, right, because yeah, I think that's an important topic, and we're definitely gonna do one on the male gaze and entertainment as well, because yeah, you know unfortunately most things are seen through that. So. Okay, well let's uh let's talk about Kit who is played of course by the fantastic Pam Greer. So, we have to talk about Kit. So, what are your thoughts of, on Kit?
1: I I love Kit. She's <laughs> she's uh, very artistic, very out there, very um in the moment, you know. She's she's not She's, support, she's supportive of the community she's supportive of her, of her sister even though they have the weird dynamic between each other they, I think they have different mothers or fathers I can't remember but uh, they're half siblings and Kit tends to get herself into trouble and Bet always bails her out and um, I think anybody who has a sibling understands what's that, what that's like <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bail you out. Yep. So here we go. And it's not necessarily from <laughs> like jail. In some instances, like she, uh-huh. she, um, uh, does have issues, but I think, I can't remember if Kit had a drug problem or an alcohol problem. I think
0: um, it was alcohol, but I can't remember. Yeah, I'm trying to find but out. She
1: was, she was some sort of addict where it was, it could be dangerous if she was, um, not being tended to and supported in a particular way, and I think there was one episode where she was trying to call Bet, and Bet was having a party, but she was pissed off at Kit, so she didn't answer the phone, and then things escalated. Um, so I think that really, uh, her character brings a very human factor to the show, where like these are some downfalls that you can have, whether it be you're you're a lesbian or gay or or straight, you can still fall victim to addiction in any way, shape, or form. And that really, um, she's dependent on her sister and her community in a very particular way. And it's important to also identify the fact that People that are in the LGBT community do tend to have higher um, alcohol and addiction uh, issues than heterosexual people, um, and, it, and it does come down to the mental and emotional um, well-being dynamics of being in a minority community and being ostracized by the main mainstream world that makes it challenging for them to cope. Um, And there's, and and I'm sure there's also a lot of trauma that comes in previous trauma that comes into play. Um, But Kit's character, I think she really brings some fun and vibrancy and color and some really cool talent. She um, is a singer and a blues singer, I think. And she like, she, she's amazing. And, I think because of her addiction that got in, a, in the way of her being vision fulfilled with her career. And so she's still trying to recover from that. And so she does whatever she can to get whatever gigs she can and make, make money and try to do right by her sister. And then for some reason she just cannot meet her sister's standards. And Bet just puts her, puts her down a lot and which is unfortunate, but Kit is just so forgiving and, um, genuine. And I, I, I love that about her character. She's very, um, like I'm going to wear my heart on my sleeve and I'll do whatever I can to show up for the people in my life. And then unfortunately the one time she needed her sister, she wasn't there. And, um, but i can i can see how that can be uh controversial for for both of them and like how many times do you help an addict or an alcoholic before it's you're done enabling them and supporting them and that is another one of the messages that Eileen brings to the to the table of how addiction and alcoholism can be impactful on not just the that person's life but the people around them as well and Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just Pam Greer in general is she's a legend, you know, she's so, so incredible. Um, Right. Yeah. And she brings so much depth to the. I mean, even in the first the pilot episode, even in her first scene, there's already depth and heart there. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can tell that she is struggling and you know, she's an artist and you know, artists also have a lot of that, that that internalized struggle and pain that they deal with that comes out in their art. Uh, you know, whether it be singing or writing or painting or photography or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and she definitely has a lot of that internalized struggle and you can, you can tell how much her and bet love each other, but there's also that, um, Like you said, with siblings, there can be that push and pull and push and pull (laughs) and push and pull, Um, you know, but they, they definitely, you know, have each other's back um, for better or worse. But there is that dynamic of, you know, like you said, how much will you do for the other person? And when do you have to say what, when is the most loving thing to do to kind of let go and to let them fall and not be there to catch them? Um, Mm Because sometimes it's more loving to do that than it is to right. always catch the person when they're falling. And it's, it's a hard thing to do, especially when you love somebody and you've been looking out for them forever. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's a hard, hard thing to do. But yeah, Pam Greer is just, she's just so amazing. You know, she's just, I think this show has a lot of people that are kind of legendary, <laughs> you know? I mean, I know Sybil Shepherd right. was on here for a little bit. Um, and we've already mentioned Marley Matlin and, and of course Jennifer Beals and um, I. I feel like I'm missing someone else that was on here. That's kind of uh, yeah, legendary. Yeah, she was on Glee.
1: What, what was her name? Oh
0: yes, um, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch.
1: Jane Lynch. Yes, she, and she's a lesbian. So it was like yeah. yes, we have some representation on there. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and Holland,
0: uh, Holland Taylor, who's also. Um, I was also a lesbian in real life, and she was on mm-hmm. there for but i guess and so you know it's just all these kind of legends are on this show in a lot of right. ways like, that's really interesting and what's interesting to me is, and I know you know some are straight and some are out, and some are you know is is unlike with shows like Queer as Folk it seemed like people weren't as afraid to come on this show and maybe I'm wrong about that but it just just because I'm looking at all these people that were on this show and it's pretty incredible or it could be just because it's female centered and females feel maybe a little bit more comfortable
1: Go, I don't know maybe I'm just reading too much into that but... I you know I think it's actually a society thing not an individual yeah. thing I think yeah. it's more acceptable because of course the male perspective it's okay for lesbians but not gay men mm-hmm. and because that's a threat to their male their maleness um, yeah. being around or accepting gay men but two women together yeah all day I'll support that and that's and that's the unfortunate dynamic that it's it's more acceptable to be a lesbian than it is to be a gay man, and that's like that's a uh, double standard that's of course created by uh, heterosexual men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a it's a threat to um, the male machismo if they they accept gay men. But because the um, sexualized perception of women is through the lens of a man, a straight man, of course, lesbians are okay. I like it. You can do that for me and I'll pay $500, you know? And it's, it just, I think it's also a way for men to exploit women further and, um, what, what I'm trying to say something in particular, but it's it's basically for their viewing pleasure that we are a lesbian and not because we want to be where we're at. Um, so it's the weird power play um, about the acceptance of gay men versus lesbians.
0: Yeah, and I think um, perhaps also with, with with straight men, the, the thought there is... I could still be with this woman. I could probably change her. I think that oh, might that is be a little
1: a bit of a very bad. common thing.
0: Yeah, is very it's, common. Yeah. yeah, they just haven't you, met the right dick. Basically, you
1: haven't <laughs> read the right man. And I'm the <laughs> yeah. right man, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I have heard that throughout my whole life. Or they try to get you to make out in front of them what the person you're with. And that's a huge disrespect, not just yeah. to the couple that they're talking to, but it's a disrespect to your, the person you're with if they're saying that to you and you are opting in to entertain them in that particular way. I've been on both sides of that. And it's kind of a weird uh, uncomfortable situation but of course uh, straight men think that because we're lesbians we're only there for their pleasure and their entertainment and again that goes down it comes down to the whole male sexualized fantasy about lesbians
0: yeah that's why we definitely have to do something just about the male lens as well but yeah that's yeah That's why it's so interesting that, you know, that, that I was looking, I was just kept looking and I'm like, Oh wow, this person was on the show. This person was on the show. This person was on the show. Just all these legends and all these amazing people that even if they were on like one or two episodes, it was just, it's pretty cool.
1: They made a cameo and that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Just the list of people on the show is pretty incredible.
1: Right. Yeah, it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we've already kind of talked about relationships in general. Um, is there, are there any other characters, though, or any other relationships that you'd like to call out or at least give a mention to or speak
1: on? Um, the, the one after looking through a uh, recap of all the seasons is definitely um, I want to call out um, Alice and Tasha. Mm-hmm. Tasha is a black woman who is a captain in the, in the Army National Guard. She is active duty and she is serving under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So when I saw her character come onto the show, that was the most profound personally uh, for me character that they had because I was so related to her Um, that having to hide who she was and always looking over her shoulder because she was trying to finish her military contract and, and and that was equally as important to her as was being a lesbian, but she, um, had a sense of honor and respect for the commitment she made to serve in the military before putting herself, um, into, um, anything that she wanted to accomplish in life and so that speaks to the selflessness of her character and of course that was also around the time where don't ask don't tell was getting a lot of uh, coverage mm-hmm. and so i think this was a really amazing response to that and make bringing it to the forefront of um, the public's eye, so that way they could understand that this doesn't just affect gay men, this affects gay women too. And these men and women are serving um, honorably, and they are doing more than they probably should compared to their cisgender um, service members. And so that I, I really commend Eileen for bringing that to the table. But what I going back to the relationship dynamics between Alice and Tasha is that Tasha gave Alice a sense of um, anchoring and consistency that I think Alice was looking for and wanted in a relationship, but she hadn't really found it in in a very comfortable partner. Um, and then Alice gave Tasha permission to be a little bit more free in who she was, and so it was a really beautiful balance between each other and um uh, I really liked how they they supported each other and navigated things that were challenging and um, just really were authentic so that that was one relationship I really liked, yeah,
0: yeah, and I know when um didn't she, did she, Did they end up together in the end? Because it didn't really say for sure in the season finale. I, I think they broke
1: of- up. I think they broke up because it became a little bit too much for Tasha because she was still serving and Alice was becoming more vocal about their relationship and that was potentially going to compromise her, um, her military service and so that that comes down that that shows the sacrifice that she had to make to be happy to honor her service
0: yeah and i'm and i'm glad they um that that the character was was a black woman as well on top of that because i think so often there's such a lack of representation um among shows that are in set in the lgbtq community or have anybody from the lgbtq community there's such a lack of diversity it's so often, a white person. So it's nice when you see um, a black woman or or any person of color being portrayed as well. So, you know, Lisa, I mean, I think that's something that's severely lacking.
1: Yeah, I, I really like that she was not only a person of color, but she's also in a position of power in yeah, the military. Like, normally, uh they portray them as somebody who is like this grunt and like, I'm just going to shoot him up, bang him up. No, she was actually a, an officer and a leader. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to portray. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and are there any other relationships or characters you want to be sure to mention?
1: No, I think we captured pretty much everybody that I can, I can speak of. Um, I think the only other one that I can think of that was a little bit interesting when it comes to exploring your sexual identity was Helena Peabody and what was her name in the beginning of the seasons? She was Russian, I think. I can't remember her name, but it was really interesting dynamic showing the vulnerability of somebody trying to identify in a new way and come out of the closet and just explore themselves. So those two um, were a really interesting pairing.
0: And we already, we we talked a little bit about the other, about representation of other people in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh-huh. Um, but this show has uh gotten some criticism um
1: uh, for right. some of
0: their portrayals um do you have any critiques of it or, or, or what are your thoughts on some of the criticisms that
1: uh, regarding the, the like, different I mean, portrayals
0: yeah the different portrayals i mean it's even been accused of um sorry i'm trying to look up the exact wording that people said but i know it's been accused i, I read some article that kind of said before the new you know they rebooted it before the reboot came out of people uh-huh. saying that there are uh, you know accusations of it even being of there even being homophobia and and transphobia and biphobia even though they had a, a a bisexual character and they did have a trans character but they still have been accused of having um some transphobia and biphobia and even some homophobia in there
1: that's, um, yeah that's uh interesting hearing that feedback because they were probably the most diverse in, in how they represented <clears throat> various people in the community and minority communities in general. Um, I think for, that t- for the time period, unfortunately, with um, LGBT activism, then this is just an unfortunate side effect of how this revolution has taken place is that the transgender community has often been dropped it's always been the LGB community or the LG. Um, we, Unfortunately, it's, it's really heartbreaking to, um, to hear, but it's also important to acknowledge how often throughout history we have dropped the T, we've dropped the transgender community. And um, the transgender community is, has historically been the forefront of the LGBT movement, they were the first ones to participate in a lot of the riots that happened 51 years ago, and this is why it's important to acknowledge the power and the importance of doing activism and uh, riots and protesting, like they are doing for Black Lives Matter today. Um, but we, it's it's hard to. It's hard enough to get the straight community to understand the dynamics about the transgendered community when we already have issues with the LGB parts of the community that have ostracized our transgender brothers and sisters. And it's, it's heartbreaking to hear that that has been consistent throughout our whole entire historic revolution. But they are the ones that actually started the gay rights movement, and we as the LG community, we have stood on their shoulders and leveraged their power and their voice for our benefit, and we have left them in the dust. And so it's, I can understand how it can be challenging to represent the transgender community in media and movies, but I'm, I am also super grateful that we're seeing a lot more movement in the transgender representation in media especially over the last uh, five years. You think of uh, Orange is the New Black, um, oh, I'm trying to think of some other shows. Um, but we also have the, the unfortunate representation of straight community representing the trans community, which I, I think is a huge disservice. One of the shows that I can bring to light that actually represents the trans community the best since i have been watching a lot of lgbt shows is life in the city and of course pose
0: yeah um, pose
1: yeah and pose but that's also based in the 80s and that also identifies how we have leveraged the trans voice for the lg community over the de- over the last few decades and it's unfortunate but we i think with the Black Lives Matter movement and making such moment, momentum, I think this will really bring, uh, push things into perspective for the transgender community and we can actually rally behind them as well. Um, sorry, I got on my soapbox there, but... No, um, no,
0: it's important. It's important, especially it, right now.
1: It's so. like, even with some of my leadership roles in the LGBT veterans community, um, how one one of my organizations was created the only way that they can move forward was if they dropped the T in their community. And that broke my heart to know that I was part of a a, um, veteran service organization that dropped part of their community in order to advance forward, which I can understand politically, but personally, that's a a moral disservice to our um, fellow community members. And so, um, I'm grateful that they had uh, Moira in in that show and how she transitioned to Max. And um, her character was seen as kind of this awkward evolution of the LGBT community and how even as somebody who is lesbian, gay or bisexual, we don't always understand the experiences and... Um, dynamics that the transgender community is experiencing or has experienced or what it's like to not be comfortable in your own body. Everybody's been uncomfortable in their own body at some point or another, but to the point where you want to change your whole identity and existence physically, mentally, and emotionally, like that's, that's profound. And so I think we're just tapping into that with this show and it may not have been what everybody wanted to portray or how they wanted it to be portrayed, but I think they did the best they could with what they had and for the time.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad that you got on your on your soapbox, so to speak, because I think this is that's very important to talk about that there's a. um YouTube uh, video that just came out with B- Billy Porter is on there and, and Billy Porter's not trans, but I'm not saying he's trans, but, but he's, he's in pose and um, he has a, it's a very, 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 very powerful uh, YouTube video that I highly recommend people seek out. And he's talking about black lives matter and he's talking very much about how, um, you know, how, how, hard, how much harder it is when you're a black person and you're in the queer community on top of that and having those two things to deal with and having to walk yep. out there worried all the time that you're going to get murdered for one or both. And exactly. it, it's it's so powerful and so amazing. And I want everybody to go out there and watch it because, I mean, we, we will, we're we going to be discussing Pose um, next week and we'll definitely be talking about the brilliance that is Billy Porter because he is absolutely amazing, incredible, incredible, incredible. So we'll be talking about that. But yeah, I, I highly recommend people go seek that out because... Um, yeah, listen to his words and take them in. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's very powerful. So yeah. I That's
1: cool. That. Yeah. I, I look forward to seeing that video. I think, yeah. I think, um, adding, adding a little bit more to what I was speaking about and what you brought up with the racial dynamics of being trans. I know that uh, being a person of color and being transgender, it is a like a, you're you're talking about a double minority group, a subgroup to a subgroup, and so that's why it's so important as like even a white person advocating for people of color, it's just as important for the LGB LGBT part of the community to advocate for the trans community. Because if one of us is left behind, then we're all left behind. And if we cannot do the fight for people of color, how are we going to do the fight for the people in the in the transgender community? And we should absolutely be advocating for equality across the board, because the transgender community is the most, uh, has the most uh, health issues, lack of access to things, and you add racial dynamics to that even further, you, they are so far in the hole, and they were, they are just trying to honor who they are as a human being, and they have everything working against them. And we have systems in place to hold them back. We have their own minority communities they are supposed to belong to, don't even support them, and so it's um, it's to me it's disheartening to see a part of my community be so ostracized for so many various reasons, and them not have access to the things that they need or want in life when they're just trying to honor who they are. Mm-hmm. So this is where we have to use our power. Just like being white, we have to we have to leverage our power in a very particular way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I th- I think I think it's great that we talked about that. I mentioned that because that is that's is a big thing. That's why I want to make sure that when we do pick um, places where we donate, that we aren't leaving that side out, you know, in, in the Black Lives Matter movement, we have to make sure because Black Trans lives matter as well. So, you know, we have to make sure we are not leaving that part of the community out. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's that's really important, and yeah, definitely seek out that. Any Billy Porter video is <laughs> he has he has his own YouTube page, so you can you can find that there. But yeah, he's he's great. Oh, he's cool. awesome. Um, okay. Well, before we close out, um, are, is there anything you want to add with the lasting impact that the show has had, or or how you think it may have changed the landscape, or or personal, even your even the personal impact it's had?
1: Um, I think with a lot of the shows, when it comes to being LGBTQ or uh, being a part of that community, or even being an ally the evolution of the media has been amazing and I think this was like a huge stepping stone for the lesbian community and I'm impressed that this show has not only had six seasons but it has two different offshoots of this series that has evolved in amazing ways and it portrays lesbians in a very um diverse way and um I think personally, it, this, this show really influenced me. And like I said at the beginning, it really gave me access to not subscribing to society's norms or um, stereotypes about what a lesbian is. That I wear flannel and stocks and I have a short haircut and I only wear men's clothes and I drink beer and I kickstart my vibrator and all this other stuff. Like it's gave me access to something so unique and so different, and I think that's the diversity that they've given the show gives the diversity and possibilities of having a whole entire life and existence, and it can be whatever you want, whatever you create. And I think these characters and the show gives uh, examples of what life could be like in various ways, and we can create how, create it however we want, and there's these intricate dynamics of having relationships and inter- interacting with other people and, and experiencing different um, sexual ex- 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 experiences or uh, life experiences that really cultivate and create who we are and mold us into the person we want to become. And this, I think this show really kick-started and as well as uh, queer folk, really kick started a lot more media in representing various people in sexual orientations throughout um, movies and cinema, and um, ultimately pushed us towards the more. <laughs> overt, amazing show uh, like Sense8, which I'm super excited to be able to talk about. That's one of my favorite ones. But it's it's been a stepping stone process where like this launches one and kind of moves things in a very particular momentum towards more accessibility. And I think the more accessibility we have in our media and positive representation we have of the LGBT community and other minority communities, that really makes it accessible and more, um, uh, informative to the heterosexual, um, mass culture and that educates them in a very particular way. And I love that our message and our representation is getting out there in profound ways.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for being on this one i know and you're gonna be on the next one solo as well yes <laughs> so thank you so much for doing that um so why don't we close out this episode if you want to just let everybody know where they can find you
1: yeah you can find me on facebook i'm not really on any other social media platforms but uh sarah alder and find me friend me start a conversation i'm open to any discussions awesome Thank you,
0: And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E.AprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Um, if you have any feedback... Um, any um, ideas, show ideas, anything like that, any feedback you have, feel free to email us at it's a fandom thing at gmail.com. And on the next episode for this week, we're going to be talking about um, the very, very problematic uh, thing called queer baiting. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter.
1: That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.